You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 95 called 25 Websites That Teachers Should Know About part two. This is part two of a two-part series where we share 25 totally awesome websites. There's something for everybody on this list, K through 12, all subject areas. And of course, it's another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So we are almost done with our, our first month of school. That's, it seems like it's going by pretty quick. Uh, we, we have a month of our new class, which is World Ready Technology, where students are making podcast episodes. Uh, they're making their own podcasts, and we're going to be putting them on HVSPN. Super excited about it. They have some awesome ideas. Maybe, do you want to share one of your favorite ideas that the students are coming up with? Yeah, it's really cool just to hear the things that, you know, high school students want to talk about and what they're interested in when you give them free range to share, which is kind of one of the things we wanted to see in developing this course and and it's happening, which is great because we have such a wide variety. I think my favorite one, uh, one of the kids, I think it's a pair of students actually, uh, want to do a sports podcast, which is tough because there's so many of those out there. That's actually tough across the board because there's just a lot of podcasts in general, but sports in particular, tough to talk about, but they have a pretty cool twist on it, and they're going to talk about athletes, uh, multiple sport athletes, which I think is kind of an interesting angle, and most of those guys, most of those people who play multiple sports, there's a pretty good story behind that. Everybody thinks of, uh, historically, Jim Thorpe, who was like super athlete guy from I don't even know when, but um, really cool story behind that person and behind all these people that are just so talented that they're really just picking and choosing what professional sports they play because they can do so many of them. And I'm just excited to see what kind of stuff comes out of that, what kind of research this student brings to the game and what that show looks like. Yeah, I know for me, I don't think of Jim Thorpe as my first go-to guy. I think of Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, those types. But uh, yeah, that was one that I was very interested about. Another one was, uh, it's a podcast group of two students, and they want to do, I don't know really how to explain it, other than saying, I remember my dad, he would tell these stories when, when I thought something was tough. He would always go... I used to walk up up the hill to school in three foot of snow, my bare feet both weight. I don't know how that's possible, but I remember him saying that a lot, like stories like that. Well, this group wants to do the same thing, but they're going to do it with comparing their life now to people that are 10 years old. And I think that's pretty funny. And and I have a feeling it's going to turn into a bunch of those stories as well. Yeah, it's, they, they cracked me up because they're, you know, to our eyes, we're both in our 30s and to our eyes these high school students they seem like kids but their theme you know is talking about growing up and what it was like when they were kids and it's just funny to hear people that i view as kids talking about being kids and those differences you know they're they're referencing the 2010s as like this bygone era of what when they were children and what it was like so that's going to be a super cool one um, we've also got a kid I have to mention who's a, a pilot. He just turned 18 and he did his first solo flight. 
which I just find fascinating to begin with, that that's something you've taken on at that young of an age. But he's going to do some, like a flight-themed podcast. I told him to call it Close Calls because then he could do stories about flying incidents that were close calls that he shares he can bring on guests or just find stuff out there that are cool flight stories but i can't wait to listen to that one because it's just uh well maybe because i'm terrified of flying that i just am like obsessed with hearing stories about it but i think that one's going to be cool well you know that he's going to invite you to fly right (laughs) yeah i'm waiting for it and i will promptly turn him down i can barely handle like a passenger airliner i can't handle a tiny little plane like that so yeah, they are fun i got to do one uh, back when i used to study moose and wolves on isle royal uh, i got to come home on a four-seater plane in turbulence it was fantastic yeah i was a little white-faced pretty much the whole way there in the whole way back i should say uh, because that turbulence was something else i didn't know that that was normal so I was a little uh, skittish as well. He should have you on as a guest for an episode then. Yeah, I'll keep that one to myself. But <laughs> yeah. I would probably do the episode. Yeah, That'd sure. be fun. Yeah, why not? All right, so this is the second part of a two-part series. Uh, in the first part, we went over 12 websites that we wanted teachers to check out. They, they all had some type of a function, and they served a purpose, and they served it well. We're going to continue into that. I'm going to let Nick start today. Uh, just remember that everything is linked in the show notes. So if you're driving your car, no need to pull over and uh, write down the, the website. Just check out the show notes at www.gottech.com slash episode, yeah, episode 95. Yep, 95. And then, you know, if you didn't listen to 94, if you're listening to this one first, it's all good. But you're only actually getting 12 websites on this list for the other 13 Uh, you would have to go back to episode 94 if you care to. We also, a lot of these are themed towards younger grades, so keep that in mind. Um, But like we said at the start of 94, there's something for everybody on this list too. And and I always find as a high school teacher, uh, hearing about lower grade lessons, I always find it fascinating and I can usually kind of glean something from that for the the upper grades too. So I think everybody's going to benefit from hearing some of these. You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at We Got Teched. The first one on the list is fcrr.org. fcrr.org. These are basically free learning centers or free lessons. You can think about it all sort of geared towards reading and research at the youngest grades possible. So kindergarten and first grade. So students that are just learning to read for the first time. I just want to go through and sort of read some of the pre-planned lessons that are on here and the topics they're in because I think this is really cool. They have a whole sort of grouping of things on uh, phonological or phonological, I'm not sure how to say that, awareness. And there's lessons grouped in topics like rhyming. So I think I see nine different rhyming lessons like pocket rhymes or rhyming games or matching rhyme time. And I'm not gonna go into details on any of these, but there's just some really cool stuff. They've got alliteration, right? So more complex literary devices. There's three lessons for that. Uh, One of them's called the Silly Sentence Big Book. And that's kind of what I mean, like at the high school level, we are teaching alliteration as a literary device in our English classes. The next one, sentence segmentation, syllables, onset and rhyme, uh, phoneme matching. I'm just scrolling down here. There's so much cool stuff. So any of these things are ready to go. You click on the link on this website and it kind of walks you through that lesson. They've also got phonics stuff, 
um, which is really great for the same sort of thing. Fluency, so getting down to details as close as letter recognition and connected text vocabulary. Um, there's just, it's almost like it's never ending here. So I'm, I'll stop going through these only because I think everybody gets the idea here, but there's just so much stuff on this site, fcrr.org. Definitely gonna wanna check that one out. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome tool. I'm gonna go into my first one. Uh, this one is fantastic. It's called Hemingway Editor. It won't make you write like Ernest Hemingway, but it will get you close. That's kind of their tagline. What you're gonna do here, basically, students can use this. Students can use this, and I would encourage students to using it. I don't feel like it's cheating. I feel like it's helping them identify their weaknesses. So I almost look at it like Grammarly, but it will actually grade them based on a couple of different topics, and it will show them their weaknesses, and it will help them learn parts of writing. So basically they would uh, put in some type of a writing essay and the Hemingway editor will grade it. Uh, it analyzes the number of adverbs and it will teach them that sometimes having an adverb weakens the verb. So, you know, they want to watch out for that. Uh, it also identifies instances of passive voice. And I learned in formal writing that passive voice is not good. You always want to avoid writing in the passive voice. It also identifies words or phrases with simpler alternatives. So a lot of times it's going to analyze whether that sentence is hard to read. Sometimes when you write something, it sounds different than when you read it. Uh, well, this is going to help you identify those that sentences that might not be clear, and it might make some suggestions on how to make it more clear. The last thing that I want to say is when you put in your essay and you get it back from Hemingway Editor, it has everything color-coded. So passive voice is one color, adverbs are another color, things like that. Things that are hard to read will be a different color. And then, uh, and it's different tiered. So if it's just slightly hard to read, it's yellow. If it's really, really hard to read, it's red. So it gives, you, gives the writer some instant feedback. Teachers can use it too. If they don't wanna share the tool with their students, they can use it to kind of just get a feel for the piece before they read it if they want to do so. Students, I would recommend pushing it out to students because that's going to make the writing just so much better. Sounds great. I know the, the passive voice thing in particular, if you ever have had to focus on not writing in the passive voice, it's really hard to do. So any any tool that sort of calls that out is, uh, is a winner in my book. So I, I love stuff like this. The next one, so our third on the list for this episode is called The Kids Should See This. And it's a unique name. The kids should see this.com is the actual URL. It kind of just sounds like they weren't sure what to call it. So they just described it literally what it is. Um, although what it, that title doesn't tell you is that it's a collection of videos. Uh, the idea behind the kids should see this is just a smarter, higher quality curation of videos. So it's like a YouTube but where somebody monitors what goes on there and makes sure that it's good, high quality, kid friendly. Uh, right now they have over 5,000 kid-friendly videos that are curated specifically for teachers. Uh, they also say this could just be used, you know, if you're a, a mindful parent who wants to or doesn't mind showing their kids video, uh, you can use this website as well to make sure they're getting quality stuff. So the, uh, that's sort of their tagline. Again, it's uh, share smarter, more meaningful media. Um, everything's uh, grown-up friendly as well. So they say that it is for kids, but if, you know, if you're an adult, this is just cool stuff. Uh, you know, right now there's a feature on their main page called What to Watch This Week. 
that has some samples of the types of things you can expect. Let me read three of these. The first one is called Adorable Baby Eastern Quals, Q-U-O-L-L-S. I don't know what a qual is. I, based on the picture I'm seeing, some type of animal, and it seems like they live in Australia. So already I've learned something from this site, and I kind of want to watch that video to check out what a qual is all about. Another one, an eagle's feather, an animation about the mighty Philippine eagle. And then the last one, animated with t-shirts, 200 people celebrate 20 years of the Gateshead Millennium Bridge. So intriguing stuff, and, and I have clicked on and watched a couple of these really, really high quality. They're like uh, documentary quality stuff. There's even like mountain biking ones here, just really something for everybody across all subject areas. I am extremely excited about the kids should see this.com. Uh, my next one is called Bottle. Bottle is a K through six curriculum area where it transforms math with engagement and they can learn math while also playing this 3D math game. So it makes learning fun and personalized. So you could sign up for free as a teacher or a parent. I'm using this as a parent for my son who is in kindergarten, but he loves math, and he's beyond the kindergarten level. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, we have half-day kindergarten in Bucks County, so uh, he goes to school, and there's only a small amount of time dedicated to math, so we're using this to supplement some of his math, uh, I don't know, adventures, I, I would say, because he's starting to push in the second and third grade math. So Bottle is an awesome one. So you're going to engage your students uh, with these uh, fun little games that they could play while learning math skills. You can differentiate learning um, with adaptive technology in this. And the whole goal here is to close learning gaps and get real-time data so we could help, uh, in my case, my son improve, or in your case, your students improve. Uh, it says that it's free to download to the teacher and to the parent. So it's pretty simple. You sign up, you log, you get your uh, students to log in. And then after that, you start creating assignments, tracking performance, and addressing those learning gaps by using the data that you are collecting. So that is bottle.com, bottlelearning.com. That sounds really cool. I love these little math games that let kids practice. Math was always my weakest thing and probably still is. And if not for being able to play, I remember there was one we had on my home computer that was like, I don't know, sort of like uh, that mole smashing game at carnivals, but there were little ladybugs crawling around or it's some kind of bug and you smashed it. And every time you smashed one, it was like a multiplication, like a times table thing that popped up. And I love that stupid game. I don't know why. <laughs> and to this day, I, th I still think about smashing a, a ladybug every time I do like five times seven. Uh, so this stuff's great. Bottle learning, check it out. The next one is sort of similar to Hemingway Editor. It's called Quillbot. Quillbot is very cool. And you can find this at quillbot.com. It does a, a really unique thing that I actually haven't seen anywhere else. You can take some text, copy paste it in to the web page. So there's no downloads or anything here. You just go to quillbot.com, copy paste in some text and click the green paraphrase button and Quillbot takes that text and summarizes it for you. Rewords it in some different language by replacing certain words, changing the sentence structure around. So you can read that text in a summarized way or at least in a different way. 
It, I see this being used at least at the high school levels. I know sometimes, you know, for science especially, you can read some pretty weighty things, some pretty complex language. And students, when they read that, a lot of the time, their head just kind of spins with, what am I even reading here? And that can be true across the board, you know, in any subject area. Well, if you give them the option to read the original, but then have it paraphrased automatically for them and read it a different way, that can make a huge difference. So they have a sample here. The original text sounds like this. Quillbot's paraphraser takes your sentences and makes changes, helping you to rework and rephrase your content quickly and efficiently. So that's the original. When you hit the paraphrase button, it turns it into this. Quillbot's paraphraser takes your sentences and alters them allowing you to swiftly revise and rewrite your text. So it's giving you the same information, it's just saying it a different way. And I think that could really help kids learn and process through information. I know it did me just doing it with that sentence. Not that there's anything hard to understand in there, but I think it makes the point um, of what it's trying to do. So this is a really, really awesome tool. And I think, uh, I think people need to know about Quillbot. Yeah, I think that's next level comprehension, you know, strategy to get maybe to close that learning gap, especially with students who have trouble understanding what they read. Right. So that's an awesome one. I'm going to go into my next one. I love this idea. It's called mysterydug.com. So mysterydug.com, basically, it shows a video every week. You can sign up for this uh, free forever a newsletter. And each week, it's going to give you a video about a question that inspires your students to think. Uh, it, on, if I would put that in your last tool, it would say, show a video every week that inspires your students to ask questions. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a couple of the questions, and these are only meant to be five minute uh, breaks uh, for your classroom. So if, in, if you're in one of the younger classes, that would be great for morning meeting, snack time, right after recess, just a transitional or transition uh, between two subjects. You could do it as a reward or a warm-up. But every video answers real student questions like, why do we get goosebumps? Why does soap make bubbles? Can a turtle live outside its shell? I'm gonna add this one because my son just asked me this the other day. It's not how babies are made, though he has asked me that in the past. <laughs> I still haven't given him an answer, but it was, why is the sky blue? So that that's a common one. So. Um, if this is something that interests you, check out mysterydug.com and go over and sign up for the free forever uh, newsletter, which gives you one video that goes over one of these questions each week. That's awesome. I love stuff like this. Um, I can't wait till my daughter's old enough to start asking these questions. And I, when she does, if she's with me, it's not going to be a problem. But if she's with my wife, uh, you know, my wife's answer to why this why is the sky blue would be because it is that's the level she's at in like caring about things like that i think that stuff is fascinating so i'm going to make sure that my daughter knows about mystery duck so if she's if she's not with me she has a place to get an answer actually can we videotape your wife watching one of the mystery ducks <laughs> i think that would be even more entertaining that'd be entertaining but it would just be a video of her not paying attention to what the video <laughs> it's about I could, I could see her being uh actually i probably would get the same response from my wife and she'll be like he probably already knows that <laughs> i was like uh, i don't think so so the the next one we've got here is called read works uh, this is a repository of articles with questions that uh, sort of help more with this theme 
you're seeing here of reading comprehension. Um, one of the best things about it is that it sorts by Lexile. So depending on what level you're at, you can kind of find something that works for you. And that's a really great thing to have in all these reading comprehension sites. And this is another great one. So you can kind of use this in three ways. If you go there and find an article that you like, and it's at the proper reading level, you can share it digitally. So give, it, give students digital access where if they have a Chromebook or an iPad, they can highlight, annotate, and even complete assignments all fully within, you know, within ReadWorks, which is really cool. If you don't want to do that or can't or have students who need or prefer print, you can print out any of the content and do it all uh, that way, as well as project it. And they have some built-in kind of smart board utilities as well. So that can those highlighting and annotating features can happen on the smart board too, which is pretty cool. Uh, they have everything in terms of topics, so STEM poetry, uh, social studies, literary stuff, fiction, even fun things like just holidays and events. So, you know, if you got uh, Christmas coming up or whatever holiday you're celebrating, you might be able to find a cool, maybe a historical article on that and um, just kind of share it out. And it helps kids kind of work through reading that text and figuring out what it means. And then last thing I'll say about it is beyond just the you know, the different levels of reading, it also differentiates automatically for every, you know, every student in your class, every learner. So they call them step reads, um, where you get a less complex version of the original passage to help certain students process through. They have an audio reader, so it reads the text out loud and additional supports as well for uh, students who need it. So this is a really great resource that is readworks.org, readworks.org. All right, so the next one we might have mentioned uh, in one episode in the past, but we thought we'd bring it back up because it is a standalone website that does a lot of great things. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of great things. You could use it. It does one thing, but you could use it for a lot of great things. It's called the Wheel of Names. So the Wheel of Names allows you to randomize a class set of names. So if you want everything to be fair, if you need to pick groups, you want to pick groups randomly, you could use the wheel of names. If you want to draw who's going to be the, this week's show and tell rock star or this, this week's featured student, you could use the wheel of names to do that. Just adds an extra level of excitement to your students to see that their, their name is randomly picked. So that's pretty cool as well. But the wheel of names, Think of any time that you need to pick someone out of the class or choose groups or anything along those lines, you can use the wheelofnames.com. Love Wheel of Names. I also love this next one. Um, we're calling it a website here, and it is. It's at who, whosmarted.com. Um, but it's actually a podcast, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, it's on this list and deserves to be mentioned because it is for kids. It's a podcast uniquely for, for kids. Um, it's from a, a group who has also, if you know Brain Games or Brain Child, those are two pretty popular other tools for kids. They put out this podcast really for elementary school students who like to learn stuff and like to listen. So obviously we're huge podcast fans. And, and so this is right up our wheelhouse. If you go to whosmarted.com, you can listen and view all their episodes there as well as like a little trailer. And I just think this is a no-brainer, and I don't really know how much of this kind of stuff is out there in terms of podcasting for kids or podcasts that kids can listen to, but 
you know, this is one that I'm familiar with and I know it's one that's really good and something you should check out. So they have episodes on different things um, that, you know, really a range of topics to appeal to a range of, of kids and their interests. So whosmarted.com, use it in your classroom. If you've got kids at home, you can sort of cue that up for them and let them know how to use it. I think this is really cool. Yeah, I think uh, you should probably just tie it in with the next one is, as well. Um, if you want to take that one away since it's a similar category. Yeah, good call. It's uh, The next one on the list is, is a similar thing. It's at kidslisten.org. Uh, so that kind of says it right there, right? It's a, a Kids Listen Activity podcast, same thing. They've got 75 episodes. Um, and you can you kind of use this website to discover the best stuff that's out there in kids' podcasts, right? So if you're wondering what is available in this, in this realm, if you've only ever listened to podcasts for yourself, uh, then you're going to want to check out kidslisten.org and kind of see what they have available. Um, sort of... You know, they were originally exploring this idea of podcasts as a, a learning space. And, you know, why not bring that in for kids? And then why not have a place where you can go to to find out, like, what's, what's good that's out there? So um, collection of podcasts for kids. And the coolest part is that they often come with activities, too. So if you are a teacher using this in your class and you find a podcast you like, uh, chances are that at kidslisten.org, there's going to be an activity set to go along with that. So it kind of helps you build out, uh, you know, your, your lesson plans and what you're going to do with this information. They've also got an app you can join as a member. Um, and they've got like newsletters and stuff, but it just sounds, uh, sounds really cool. Kidslisten.org. Yeah. Those two, I'm very excited to share, especially during our professional development that we do based on podcasting. So we do a lot of that and these are two resources that we will we will add to our resource list. The next one is called testpapers.co.za. Alright, and this one's going I'm gonna throw a weird angle at this because basically it's a collection of exam papers, um, memos, study guides, all those types of things. Uh, all in one spot and it's organized by grade level and subject. So if we give this website to our students, will they try to use one of those uh, papers as a as their own? Probably someone would, especially if we didn't give them the website. If you gave it to them and say, hey, you could check out some of these to get some ideas, then they know that you know about that site and maybe that will, you know, kind of deter them from using it. I thought teachers can use it to get example papers for them to look at to pick out weaknesses within writing. You know, throw it up on the board and be like, all right, let's take a look at this first pa paragraph, analyze it. You know, what's good about this first paragraph? What's not good? What could we reword or rewrite? You know, those types of things. So I thought this was a very useful uh, website for those because I know I often look for example papers example labs things like that to use in class but I don't really want to use them because what if little brother or little sister or cousin is in the you know class obviously I would take off their name but for some reason if they did identify that I don't know if that's 100% fair especially if it's not a well-written one so if I could find one that was already done on this this topic I think that's a much safer play in the classroom. 
And to just have a whole bunch of these uh, papers and resources, you could literally print out six, have six different groups and tell them to go over it as a group and and try to grade it and figure out the uh, the errors and, and how they can make it better. So I think testpapers.co.za is a great website to consider. Yep, that's cool. I think as teachers, you know, we're... It's we're kind of trained to hide this stuff from students like don't let them know that there's a website out there where there's sample papers because they might copy it i kind of think we need the opposite approach let's let them know but also let them know that that we know about it and that we look for that kind of stuff and more importantly have the discussion of why it's not okay to just steal those things and use them i i think that would probably in the long run be more effective and then, like you said, kind of using this as samples for your own lessons, I think, could be great. So that's a, that's a cool one for sure. We're almost at the end. I think there's two more. The second to last one I'll do, it's called flamingtext.com. Uh, this is a logo design tool. So you go there, there's a little, like a little input area, and you type in any name that you want, so any word, and it automatically suggests like thousands of possible designs of that word in a logo and you can click, right click it and download it. Uh, so this is cool for uh, you know, a variety of class projects, maybe literally a logo that you're trying to design. Maybe you're trying to have your students create their own logo for a class project or you know, we're just gonna be getting into this with our podcasting class where students will make a logo for their podcast. So this is a resource that we can give them, uh, flamingtext.com. We've talked about another website that's similar to this. Do you remember what that one is, uh, Text Giraffe? Uh, text Giraffe. Yeah. Text Giraffe is another one that does this too. Uh, between the two, right now, looking at what flamingtext.com offers, I kind of like these better, but you can check out both and decide that for yourself. Uh, this is a, a very cool resource, flamingtext.com. Yeah, I thought you would like that one. Uh, the last one we're going to close it out with is called Writer Igniter. And I absolutely love this one. I'm going to preface this with in college... I always had these creative ideas, but I am not the strongest writer, so I challenged myself to uh, take a creative writing course. Now, the creative writing, I thought being creative means you come up with your own, you know, your own ideas. Well, I got into this creative writing course and I was told when to write a poem, when to do this, yeah. when to do this, when to do this. I didn't find it very creative. I do like Writer Igniter because what it does is it gives you four pieces of info and then the students have to write and connect everything together. So they have to find creative ways to connect the four things together. It's going to give you the, a character, a situation, a prop, and a setting. And after the students have those four pieces of information, they go and they write whatever they want to connect all four. And I think if this is just a simple warm-up exercise, I think that makes this extremely awesome. I would definitely be down to do this as a student in a class. I would love this writing exercise. So that's uh, Writer Igniter. Yep, that sounds super fun. And then imagine how, uh, how pumped your kids will get to share the, the weird and kind of crazy things they came up with. That is also the final list of our 25. 
Remember to check out episode 94 for the first 12. We hope you enjoyed this episode for the final 13 in this two-parter. If you're a fan of Got Tech, remember you can do us some favors by subscribing on Apple or Spotify or Google or any place. You can also find our shows on YouTube. Um, as well as Twitter and Facebook, where we are also active. You can find me at Nick Got Teched and Geis at Geis Got Teched, or just follow the show at We Got Teched. Even better, if, you got, if you've got some time on your hands, you can write us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be the best thing. And then last but certainly not least, tell your friends about us. Tell your friends to check out gottech.com where we also post all our episodes along with different articles and resources and free stuff that you can click and download. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.